Hello, I'm Erin Marcus, founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business, and I want to welcome you to Ready Yet? If all you needed was a step-by-step plan of what to do, you could buy a book on how to succeed and you would be all set. But here's the rub. You'll never do what it takes until you become the person it takes to do it. The Ready Yet podcast is dedicated to those who are ready to become the person who succeeds, ready to become the person who steps into more, and ready to become the best version of themselves. In the I'm Ready interview series, join me for inspiring conversations with people who figured out who they needed to be in order to achieve their dreams and were brave enough to be that person. Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of the Ready Yet podcast. I'm so excited to have my guest today because this is a big story of leaving like big, fancy, accomplished corporate and jumping off the cliff, getting pushed off the cliff into, um, you know, a little both two or three times. But Doug Brown is here, and I met Doug through a mutual friend who has also done an episode with me, Mr. Rob Z. And when Rob says, hey, you got to meet this guy, you're really going to like his story, I have learned to go, yeah, probably. So before we get started, why don't you give everybody a a more formal introduction of who you are and the cool things you're doing right now? Oh, thanks, Erin. And and thanks to Rob for introducing us. It's so nice to to get to know you and, and see what you're doing out in the world for entrepreneurs. My name is Doug Brown. My business is executive coaching for entrepreneurs and business professionals. And what I help them do is figure out how to scale their business, how to grow, make more money in less time, so they can actually achieve what they wanted to when they went into business, which was not being a slave to the business, but having the business support their life and not the other way around. Love it. it. So that's the the work that I do. And um, I get to do it with people all over the world. We meet by Zoom. I go out and I speak back when speaking in person was a thing. Starting again. <laughs> I, go I got and, a little bit of, you know, I'm starting to schlep around the country again. Yeah, I'm a professional speaker. I'm excited to get back out on stages again. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, a little bit uh, about me. Awesome. So one start. of the things you've already said, I have two things that just pop in my head right away. Number one is, and we haven't really talked about this, but the idea of collaboration over competition. And I just want to point out that you kind of do the same thing that I kind of do. And Rob does a version of what I do and a version of you, what you do. And Mm -hmm. yet my relationship with, with both of you and your relationship with each other is how do we collaborate? How do we, how do we help each other? And when I left corporate and you can tell me what your experience has been, because I was in the finance world and you were also in extremely conservative corporate environments. Mm -hmm. Collaboration over competition wasn't always a thing. Yeah. Not the way it is with entrepreneurs. They, they have teamwork and they'll tell you they are collaborating, (laughs) Um, but not the way that I see entrepreneurs collaborating. No, and it's really a, a, a difference between a scarcity mindset and an abundance mindset. Absolutely. Um, it's easy to say, well, this person does the same thing that I do, therefore they're a competitor. Um, and then when you really are, are standing secure in your value, you realize that 
well, there's not much new created in the whole world anyway. There's, you know, whether it's leadership or marketing or so my people come to me because there's some connection that we have and same for you. I love what you just said about scarcity mindset versus realizing your people are going to be your people and my people are going to be my people. And we actually help more people by helping put each other front and center. Yeah. You know, we each based on our, when I, when I'm, I do a lot of, a lot of my clients are lawyers and there's only so many kinds of lawyer out there. And part of the work that we do is that they don't just buy the kind of law that you practice. They buy why you do it. They buy who you are. They buy your life experience, how you show up in the world, how you make them feel and how you connect with them. And that, that's what differentiates you because whether you're a, a coach or a lawyer or an entrepreneur, everybody went to a good school. Everybody's trusted. Everybody's got some sort of certification. Everybody's got a system. But this is an intensely personal business. Yeah. And I even connected. I'm, I'm a, my part. I do my executive coaching with Summit Success. And the founder, Walt Hampton, is, became a good friend and mentor and now business partner. And we met when he was a coach for lawyers at a bar association event. And he knew I was doing the exact same thing he was doing. And we connected anyway and created a lifelong friendship. And now we're working together. And we didn't know that at the beginning. Right. Um, and, and so that mindset's critical because if your potential customers see that, if you're closed, if you're, if you're focused on there's only so much pie to go around, you know, that sends these messages to your potential clients that they pick up that don't help you get business. Right. Absolutely. And I had, I did have that experience in my corporate world where my company and another company were friendly competitors that we ended up merging. And so there is some collaboration, but at the same time, the big difference is that abundance mindset. Yeah versus the scarcity fear mindset. So Mm -hmm. when you were leaving corporate and you, the other thing you mentioned when you introduced yourself was kind of doing your business on your own terms, living life on your own terms. And that's a hard thing to learn how to do, especially if you were an executive level. I tell the story in my first business, it was something that I worked a lot of weekends, but because for 20, 30 years, I was, it was drilled into my head that you work Monday through Friday, nine to five. What was happening is I wouldn't take any time off to make up for the weekends I was working Mm -hmm. and I was just driving myself into the ground. So how do you work with lawyers and, you know, and get to the place where you're teaching people how to be in charge, my tag, you know, be in charge of their business as opposed to a slave to your business? How did that come about for you? Well, I I think it came about because I, I lived it. I mean, I started off practicing law in a very good firm in Connecticut. And then my first big transition was to leave the legal community. I was, I got, I was very successful in the first 10 years of my career and I went in house with a corporation. And so that was a big shift because, you know, you're not part of the club anymore. You switched over to the other side. And uh, some people were just jealous, like, take me with you. And others were like, well, you obviously couldn't hack it as a lawyer, so you had to go in-house. And so you have all um, these external stories. 
oh yeah, all the external stories. And meanwhile, I'm like, well, I'm free. Um, so that was kind of the first big step for me earlier in my career about, you know, follow the path that is going to lead to a place that you want to be. Because I looked ahead and, and part of the work that I do with my clients is I looked ahead and I didn't like what I saw. I, I didn't like you say that I, you know, <clears throat> being female and working with a lot of women, I know all sorts of horrible, ugly underbelly stuff about the challenges of being a woman in business. But what oh, yeah. I don't think women realize is how trapped men feel at their jobs. You know, I, I, I've worked with lots of women as clients and as close colleagues, and, and they tell me that maybe that's one of the reasons why I'm told that I can, people can, women can relate to what I'm, the way I'm communicating. You know, I didn't like what I saw for the future of being a lawyer and for, with my values. I was, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a problem solver. I'm a builder. So moving in-house was like, great. I can go to be in-house counsel. And then I could move on to the business roles and I got to learn all kinds of stuff and solve legal problems with business solutions and vice versa. So that was the next path for me. And I thought maybe, you know, I'd like to be a general counsel of a corporation. And then our corporation was acquired by a great big global entity. We took them from 30 to $300 million and we got acquired. I'm like, wait, I don't like that future either. Um, I didn't like the future of being the global, I was a, a global vice president of critical parts, critical service logistics. So I was flying all over the world. Uh, I was missing holidays. I, my kids were growing up. I'm like, this is, this is not what I want to do. There's, there's got to be something else. And then, you know, the interesting thing <clears throat> is I, I'm not a very good poker player. And I've, I don't think many people who believe they can hide how they really feel don't. They're kidding themselves. So um, I started to get restless and um, one thing led to another. And I basically said no to this German company. I'm not going to go on Christmas again to have the same meeting that we've already had four times. What do they say? They, that meeting could have been an email, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, meeting could have been an email, but you know, you don't say no to a German company. And, but I was ready and I, I got, um, it was funny. It was August of 2008. And I left the company, nice, comfortable way to go. I'm like, I'm going to go into my going to entrepreneurship. I'm ready to go. Well, then September of 2008 happened. Remember what happened in September of 2008? Oh, yeah, I was in a meeting room <laughs> with the um, reps from AIG, Goldman Sachs. We're in the next room waiting for the cocktail party to start. Yeah. Literally the night the news came in that it was all shutting down. So, yeah, those of you who don't remember... So 2008, the wheels completely came off the economy. Came off the bus, yeah. And so I, I'm like, okay, well, this is different. Now, I could have gone back into logistics, moved the family, gone off to some logistics hub, another part of the country, but I wasn't going to, I didn't do that. I, I'd never, ever give up. And I, I wanted to keep the family stable. And I had networked enough and my work experience, not just being a lawyer, but being an executive, I was happily surprised. That qualified me to teach with my law degree at a master's level at an online MBA program at the Mal Malcolm Baldrige School of Business. So I, for six years, I designed and taught MBA programs, entrepreneurship, innovation, leadership, and helped lots of other people make that, those transitions. So when I moved from being a corporate person into education, <laughs> and that's when I started doing, because you can't raise a family of five on a professor's salary. Right. 
that's when I started doing consulting. I'm like, oh no, I want to do coaching because consulting was like, well, I get to do all the work. And then you go and, make money <laughs> And then I hope they do it. And I didn't like that. So coaching so, okay, is what I I just want to, I want to take your story apart a little bit because there were, there's, <laughs> please tell me what I did. That was so freaking brilliant. There's things that you did that are such huge teachable moments. Mm-hmm. I made mention that people mm-hmm. don't realize how trapped men feel. Mm-hmm. It's not a true story. So many men I know say they can't quit their jobs because they have to earn an income for their family. They have to have insurance for their family. Now, that doesn't mean those aren't real things that you need to make money and have insurance. However, the concept that you're trapped and have no choices is not true. And you prove that. The other thing that you did is you kept saying yes and moving forward as the way to figure out what you wanted instead of sitting by idly until the epiphany hit you. Uh, yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's since been a country song when you're going through hell, keep on going. Keep going. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and, you know, at, at that point in 2008, I, I knew what I wanted to do. Um, I needed the te- the teaching job. I learned so much about you how learned to teach. So much, you know, I already was that knew. Your- Right. Was that your ultimate landing pad? No, but it was probably an unbelievable stepping stone, not just from a financial perspective to keep the family afloat, but from, I'm sorry, but you're just not going to convince me a corporate lawyer is going to be as good of a coach as someone who also had all those years of education experience. Uh, Yeah. I, along the way, when I went from law to business and then certainly into education, I learned, I try to teach my kids this now, because uh, they're all in their 20s and starting their careers, is that you really have, the most important skill anybody can have is understanding how and why people behave the way they do. Yes. And, and, and the, the personal connections, and that includes self-awareness, because I spent a lot of time not self-aware. <laughs> and, and it's not like mushy, earthy, crunchy. It's, you have to know this. It's, a, it's not a soft skill. It's so, so when you're trying to find your way, being aware of where you are, um, being focused on what the outcome needs to be and just keep doing the work to get there. Um, when I work with clients now and I, I ask them the question that's so natural for me and probably for you, well, what do you want to create? What do you want? If you could create anything, what would it be? I always so many, what do you want? Right. It's the magic wand question. And so many lawyers that I start to work with, and I ask them the question, and this probably, it's not just lawyers. They've never allowed themselves to even consider what the answer to that question might be. Right. They, they have done what they think they should do. They have taken the next thing, and they, they don't even, they have the ability to imagine. They don't have permission. Right. They never gave themselves permission. When did they stop dreaming? And maybe and I could create this. The point, they'll get to the point people do where they're just so frustrated that they can at least start to tell you what they don't want. But that's not the same as believing and knowing and desiring something. Yeah, and that, that's where what I learned about teaching was so important. Because if you can start in that place of dissatisfaction and understand why that is, then you can use that. It's like pulling on a thread of a sweater to 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 figure out and work into what they really want. Yeah. Um, and 
you don't even have to have a really clear, you know, the thing that I've from teaching in business schools, concrete business plans are overdone. They, 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 it's a great way to get a business loan and then you'll never use it again. <laughs> well, the, the discipline of thinking through the things, the problems you solve, the people you serve, your business model, your financial model, all essential. Um, but it's so dynamic. So you, you have to have a vision of where it is you want to go. And then you, your strategy is something you do every day. Oh. And, and you have to adjust and it, it's one of those, uh, the old Kenny Rogers song. I'm, I'm, I'm riffing on country music, apparently. <laughs> know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Sometimes you have to fail Not, fast. I, don't sometimes throw, you got to stick with it. Right. Don't throw good money after bad. Is what we use. <laughs> yeah, right. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Ready Yet podcast. I know I really enjoy having conversations about who you need to be in order to reach new heights. As founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business, I work with my clients at the intersection where what they need to do to succeed meets who they need to be to do it. If you would like to have a conversation about your business, please reach out to me at erin at conqueryourbusiness.com. Yeah, so, Absolutely. I love that so you just, said uh, it's not a soft skill. I love no. that you, because truthfully, understanding why people do what they do and why they don't do what they don't do is how I teach sales, which is definitely not a soft skill. Oh, uh, yeah, it's so funny. I was just writing about this the other day is we're business school almost teaches you to talk about features and benefits. Right. But nobody we, buys features nobody and buys benefits. Features and benefits. They, they, they buy transformation. They and, buy and yes. When I'm working with people on, I work on marketing too for professionals and it starts with, my, my favorite example, if you're an estate planning lawyer, you are selling, I do your estate plan. Nobody wants an estate plan. Nobody wants an estate they, plan. They me. want what they get as the result of the estate plan. They get certainty, control, protecting their daughter against their future ex-son-in-law. That's what they buy. <laughs> well, and, and if one you don't understand people, you can't do that. Right. And one of the things I'm sure you come up again because of who your ideal clients are and who your market is, you come up against this a lot where when you have subject matter experts, meaning somebody who has worked long and hard to obtain the knowledge they need in order to be legally allowed to do what they do, they start to get this false sense of prioritization that that's actually important. Except nobody buys that. They, they work so hard to get it that that's what they talk about, but that's not what people buy from them. It, it, I, I challenge people because I believe it's true that no buying decision has ever been made based on logic. Right, logic can justify a decision. It can talk you out of decision, but every decision to buy, everything's emotional. And I tell people that, so, well, that isn't emotional. I said, what kind of car do you drive? Well, BMW. That's my example. <laughs> well, I just how bought, come? <laughs> I just bought, and it's a used car. Well, there's my logical justification. I just bought a uh, 2015 Mini Cooper S with a turbo engine. I don't need a turbo engine. I live outside of Chicago. Where am I going that fast? <laughs> we have traffic. So, but so I, if we're it's making a used this... car, I got a good deal. There's my logic, right? <laughs> and and the thing with you mentioned subject matter experts. The thing that I wish I knew when I moved back in the corporate world from being the corporate lawyer onto the business side, and I see a lot of people have this problem, whether it's lawyers or plumbers who run a plumbing business, is you, 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 you 
come in with this knower's mind. Like I have to have all the answers and your value is based on your personal production. And when you run a business, it's more important to have good questions than to have the answers. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're the smartest person in your company, then you're doing something wrong. You're in trouble. And, And that's a big challenge for technical professionals who are used to being the people with the answers. Right. And, you know, it, that was, that's a bit, that's a big shift. And it, it's also one for making transitions saying, I don't exactly know what the future looks like, but I'm clear enough. I have enough information to act. Well, and enough confidence to know. I think that's the other thing we get into these binary thinking where we think we're either going to be a success or we're going to be homeless. And there's going to be an hour differential between those two things happening. And it stops people from trying when the truth of the matter is you'd never let yourself fail that hard. You would do something before you got to that point. And I watch a lot of people not move forward because they think if they're not an overnight success, they're going to be, you know, living in a van under the bridge down by the river type of thing. Well, you know, what's interesting is, is there's also something in entrepreneurs that's like, hmm, there's this next big thing. I didn't really plan for this. So I was, when I was teaching and doing coaching, I met with the president of the state bar association because I, that was my market. I'm like, well, I should listen to my own advice and focus on the target market instead of trying to be everything to everybody. Right. Well, one thing led to another, I got offered the job of being the chief executive, uh, executive director of the Connecticut state bar association because they needed their business to be fixed. Right. So I left teaching and put coaching on the side to go in and have 10,000 lawyers at boss as bosses to do my best to reinvigorate the Connecticut Bar Association. So we did everything from finance to procedures to, to marketing to systems. And I got them straightened up and flying, doing the right thing. And then I'm like, oh, but now my friend, that's four years, having lawyers as bosses, 10,000 lawyers as bosses for four years. Interesting. That's a whole nother episode. <laughs> you three episodes. Just and then when I was teaching, I'd always been fascinated about how family businesses transition from one generation to the next. Mm-hmm. And so I had an opportunity to help a very good friend do that in his business. We transferred his fourth generation business to his oh, wow. daughters in the fifth generation. And then when that was over, I'm like, I'm done with that. Then I went into full-time executive coaching and consulting uh, again, um, completely leaving aside C-level jobs and all that comes with that, working from my house, um, having time flexibility to be anywhere so I want to be. I have a crazy question for you. Yeah, it's awesome. Because I did the same thing. I left C-level, you know, expense account, <laughs> big fit. How, how'd that conversation go over with your mother? Oh, with my with my mother, um, <laughs> right? I mean, telling your mom that you're leaving this—forget your wife and everyone else—but well, like telling my f- family that generation that we're never entrepreneurs, that you're leaving what they consider the height of achievement to go do this thing. Well, I, you know, it's interesting, Aaron. In retrospect. In lawyer speak, I think my parents were unindicted co-conspirators <laughs> because um, they were entrepreneurs growing up. Okay. My, my dad had left um, a, a, a very good job to start his own business. My mom did sold Tupperware for years, opened a gift store. So, so you when, didn't get that gaping 
wait, what type of no, but I nice. You know, I did get the worry because they lived years undercapitalized. I mean, that was a big part of the yeah. the lesson was how hard they worked. They provided for us effortlessly, appeared effortlessly as a child. Um, we never wanted for anything. We weren't extravagant, but we never wanted for anything. Um, so it was worry. It was okay. I don't really know what business coaching is. Um, I just want to make sure you're going to be okay. And then when they saw things started to go, that then that relieved them a bit. But parents are always going to worry, right? So right. It was not that it, and it, I think it was a little bit exacerbated because they were projecting what their experience was onto mine. Well, and then you also have the background of success, like they knew your loved ones knew you had been successful before. So you had a pattern, but I do find, and it's interesting, I'd be interested in how your lawyer clients come up against this. When you have those, you know, your loved ones are your loved ones. They want to protect you. And now you're going out and doing something different than what they believe is safe for you to do. Yeah. Um, You know, it's interesting. Most of the work that I'm doing I, I did do work with lawyers in career change. And mm-hmm. so uh, the theme there was, I just want you to finally be happy. Right. And, you know, the other work I do with lawyers and my favorite ones, he, he was worried about the future of his practice. He hired me. I'm, I'm not a cheap date. And he told me in, in one of our sessions, a few months in, he said, you know, my wife noticed that I'm just a better person to be around. Isn't that, a, more, isn't that I'm, almost I'm more relaxed? Right? Um, yeah. I'm better with the kids. And we were working on time management and strategy. But in the course of that, there's no way to separate personal and business. Right. He was, re- we were talking about what was in the way and he was relaying a story about how he blew up at the kids and so forth. So we were able to work through that. That wasn't the job. I'm not a psychologist. I'm just a guy who's lived it. And so when I hear that kind of feedback come back from families, that they are less stressed, they're better to be around, they're more present, that's like home run. That's, the, that's I why I do the work I do. Absolutely. So if someone wants to continue this conversation with you, and let's be perfectly clear, they do not have to be a lawyer, and that's not no. your exclusive niche by no. any sense of the word, but it's a very... Um, it's something people understand. So it's easy to use as examples. What is yeah. the best way for folks to get a hold of you um, so they can continue these conversations? And yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I talk about lawyers a lot. Um, I do work with entrepreneurs who've just bought businesses, with financial advisors, with um, insurance brokers, just all, all kinds of different. A theme is professional yeah. services as a business. Um, my company, and I'm in partnership with Walt Hampton, we're at summit-success.com. That's summit with a little dash, success.com. And um, my email address is doug at summit-success.com. And um, I'll have a little something for your listeners. I'll put, we'll yeah. put a link in the show notes um, that kind of follows up on, on this around allowing yourself to imagine what's possible. Because it's very difficult to move from something if you don't have a vision of what the to something might be. And a, a giving yourself permission, even just permission to dream it out, is, 
it's not something that if you're a business professional, or even if you're an entrepreneur, and you are stuck in the status quo, I don't know how to deal with this customer. I don't know how to deal with these, quote, these employees. Um, Taking a step back and just imagining what you'd like to have without worrying about how to get there is a good first step. I'm sure you tell your clients this. When we, I think we're teaching the same thing we to do our a clients. Lot of, right? Yeah, I, we do. Yeah. There's so much alignment. I mean, it's very obvious why when Rob's like, oh my God, you got to meet Doug. You got <laughs> to talk to Doug. You guys, <laughs> you know, we know there's a reason our people are drawn to us. So absolutely loved what you have shared. Love that you have shown, not just by what you're teaching, but by what you're doing, that you can live life on your own terms, that you can have huge success and change your trajectory to a more huge success. It's not an either or. And giving yourself permission that you don't have to work nine to five or eight to seven, like you said, and, and when your business is serving you, you can, it can serve your life. And honestly, isn't that why we do what we do anyway? Is you want to have you want to be present, and have an impact with other people, and you know probably the the next big adjustment I'm making is that it's okay. Like there's no guilt to. It's a nice day. I'm going to go take a run after we're done doing the, right. doing the right recording. Boat, it's right? totally exactly. fine. It's the middle of the day. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending time with me and sharing your story and all of your insights. I know uh, my audience, my listeners, will get a lot out of it. Um, so I know we will stay connected and who knows what's next. Aaron, keep up the great work. You're doing such, uh, I love your episodes and the messages you're, send, you're sending, the inspiration and the guests you're having on. Um, I'm really proud to be part of that community and I look forward to more great stuff in the future. Thank you so much for joining me on the Ready Yet podcast. I get so motivated by the amazing accomplishments of the remarkable people I meet and I'm excited to be able to share some of their stories with you. You can find more episodes of Ready Yet at your favorite source for podcasts or at conqueryourbusiness.com. And if you've already decided that you are ready to become the person you need to be to achieve your big goals, feel free to reach out to find out how I can support you in your efforts. Or check out the Work With Aaron page on the Conquer Your Business website. I also invite you to share this podcast with anyone you know who loves to learn and be inspired. And if you're so inclined, I'd be absolutely grateful for any reviews you'd like to share as well. Thanks again for joining me. This has been Aaron Marcus, hopefully inspiring and helping you to go conquer your big dreams.